0: This this, is SWBC Mortgage's Cowboys Crosstalk. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. And by SWBC Mortgage. Customized solutions to help you meet your personal and business goals. Visit SWBC.com. Now, your host, Shannon Gross.
1: P.M. Frisco time on a Wednesday night. That can mean only one thing and one thing only. Everyone's undivided attention should be on 105.3 The Fan because it is time for Cowboys Crosstalk. This is Shannon Gross. I am joined by my, my wonderful co-host on Hanging with the Boys on DallasCowboys.com, Nathaniel Newton Jr. How you doing tonight, Nathaniel? As Drew
2: would Drew. say, hut, hut.
1: Hut, hut. Yeah. <laughs> Join
3: joined in
1: front of the wall of takes at the 105.3 The Fan Studios. We are joined by Will Chambers. How are you up, doing Will? this evening, Will? Great
3: to be here, Nate. It has been a while. Yes, a pleasure sir. to share the air with you once again, my friend.
1: And we are joined by very special guests. Not, none of them. Then under the <laughs> stairs, finish up under the stairs in front of some beautiful artwork behind him. He definitely has the best backdrop next to me because I have this lovely SWBC mortgage sign behind me, me.
2: Behind me, virtually.
1: We will me introduce too. him as Super Bowl Thirty MVP and affectionately, affectionately, almost said a bad word. Yeah, affectionately known by Nate Newton as LB. Nate, would you like to take this away?
2: Uh, nah, man, I, I'm just <laughs> glad to be here. LB always made money for Nate. Did he? I, I, when, uh, when LB called me, made. it's two things happening. Well, it used to be back in the day, we, I'm going to get rid of the first one. But the second <laughs> one was about that money. Yeah,
1: yeah, about that money. LB, LB referring always brought to money, baby. Larry Brown. Welcome <laughs> to the show, Larry. How you doing, yes. man? I'm,
4: I'm glad to be here. And I'm behind my stairs because I'm in my office. But right. my wife has rearranged it because she got the Christmas tree up. So you okay. can't see it in my shelves and, and all that stuff. So she turned my desk facing this way. So, okay. that's
1: so what it is. the old saying is you, you don't put baby in the corner, but I guess you can put Larry in the corner, huh?
4: Absolutely. And right <laughs> right. Here, I'm at the right. bottom of the wow. over here. Cool.
1: <laughs> so before we get into the show, when we talk about these current cowboys, Larry, what have you been up to these days? Where are you living and, and what's going on in your personal life?
4: Believe it or not, my life is pretty consistent. I've been in the same house for thirty years. I've been with the same wife for thirty years, and I've been doing the same thing for thirty years. So, um, Taking so I do a little radio. That's it, you know. Make a scrap in here, do a little radio, TV here near appearances, things like that when I can. And uh, my wife and I own some real estate, so I manage those. And uh, my son's playing college ball, so where he was not And well, he was at in the last two years. He's heading right. to UCLA now. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So that's where I'll be at. So I've been. That's what I've been doing.
1: What position Five does he next play?
4: League plays wide receiver. He actually can catch. Okay. I can't catch. Okay. Yeah, he all actually right. has
1: hands. Unless right. the Super Bowl. Yeah, I was going to say, there was <laughs> one game you had quite a few catches in, wasn't
4: it? I didn't use my hands. I told yeah. you, I give people, I, I give Michael Irvin all the credit. I, I dropped about 20 balls my rookie year. And uh, Emmitt started calling me Edward Scissorhand. <laughs> and Michael Irvin told me, we came to one time, true story. He said, look, nobody ever said you had to use your hands to catch it. You're not a receiver. Just catch it. You got a body, it, just catch it. And from there, my interceptions went up.
1: There you go. There you go. I'm not a Before we get into before we get into the current Cowboys, Nate was talking to me off the air about the Hoopsters
4: mm-hmm.
1: back in the day. Explain to me what the oh, Hoopsters man. were.
4: Well, uh, the, here's the true story, and I don't know if Nate uh, will follow me on this. The original Hoopster started with Drew and those guys, and Michael Irvin took it over. And Mike Eugene Lockhart, it, then Michael Urban. Eugene Eugene Lockhart, and then Mike. When Mike got it. Mike didn't believe in free agency. He wasn't paying guys. He was keeping all the money. <laughs> then free agency came around. <laughs> and I had to go recruit some guys. I had to sign Nate as a free agent and yeah. everybody else, baby, and to get the money right. You know, then Mike came back and want to cut a deal with me to cut everybody else out. I said, no, nah, I can't do the guys like that. Yeah. We got to make our money, baby, free agency. So what,
1: so, what were the hoops? Yeah. Was it a basket, traveling so basketball found, team? What we, were you guys? We,
4: traveled, we Believe it or not, I know it sounds crazy now, but we played a 30-game schedule. Every off season. yes, we went to Hawaii, we went to Mexico City, we went everywhere. We played other NFL teams, we played charity events, and it was you know just a way to get off in the off season, have some fun. It was more about just getting out and having fun than it was just the money. But we had a good time.
2: Quickly, what was the gentleman name that sponsors? Uh, he was a pastor. Monty, Monty. Well, Monty, but we had a pastor that sponsored us. Uh, right.
4: Dave Reaver, Reaver yes, Ministry.
2: D- Reaver Ministry was,
4: was was wanted. Now let me tell you the bad part about the Hooper. You got guys like Nate and Eric Williams that want to run the point. And they got little guys like me and Kevin Smith out of the post.
2: But guess they, what? You couldn't catch or you couldn't shoot. So you had to be
4: <laughs> – he could they dribble, but
2: no, that man. was it.
4: I'm going to tell you, we, we had a three-man point rotation. Nate, Lee Islett, and Eric Williams was a three-man point.
3: We had two small guys meet Kevin Smith in the post. <laughs> wow. Wow. Y'all had it yeah. back. Luke goes before
4: his time, baby. That's <laughs>
1: right. That's right.
0: Before
3: his time. Chambers, <laughs> what's I up? To Nate, I want to see the handles. Yeah. All this talk about that. Hold I'd like on, to see you up at the one. one. Not those, not not those, those handles. <laughs> not those I know hands. all about they can those.
4: Can <laughs> <shoot>. <laughs> they can shoot. I'm going to give them credit. The big fellows can shoot. Yeah. shoot that ball. No question
3: about that. Oh, man. Oh, just to be around for that. I wish I could have been around to do some play by play for it. But I'm gonna yeah, tell
2: you I'm gonna tell you another quick one. It was two things. Mike had a slight advantage because extra activities came with Mike. But I decided to hold on to my marriages a couple of years longer. So I hung out with LB.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and you, believe it or not, most of the time we brought our families with us when we could. Yeah, we did. And, and that yeah. wasn't normal on on, on, well, on, on trip.
2: the trip No, it yeah. was not. Yeah. We mm-hmm. all went to yeah. Hawaii together there, yeah, man. I, to I want to thank Hawaii you together. for that,
4: man. Yeah, man. Those great times.
1: That's awesome. Great that, time. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's get into current cowboy talk. I am so glad we have a defensive guy on the show because <laughs> all the conversation this season has been about defense and what's wrong. And is it scheme? Is it players? And I think I think, Nate, we talk about this every week on the show. Larry, let's get your opinion first. Will, we'll go to you after that. Get your opinion. Nate, you can sure. chime in. Larry, what are you seeing on the field? Is it scheme? Is it players? Is it a sign? What, what is going on on defense?
4: Uh, I think it could be all of the above. Uh, I'm a big believer. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm not being I'm not funny here. I believe in ideology, meaning this. You know, if when you're trying to build a good team, you have to get people to buy in and people to believe in the what you're doing. Uh, coaches make calls. Players got to uh, uh, buy into it. And I think, and in, in my opinion, again, my assessment defensively, the last four or five years, we've been we've been renting guys. If you got a bunch of guys on one and two year deals and they don't know if they're going to be there, you know, a couple years out or not, how much are they going to buy in to the team and what you're doing? Or are they thinking about, hey, I'm going to be on another team next year anyway. Let me play for me. And so I think when you're trying to build a championship team, you got to have everybody bought in. I mean, and I'm not saying, you know, we we had one year we got Quinn, we got Crawford, we got these guys. Next year you got Dontarius Poe, you got Griffin, you got Michael Bennett, they're going. You bring in Alden Smith, good guy, hadn't been there, been out of the league four years. You know, where's your leadership going to come from if you're running guys in and out like a train, you know? So I think, first of all, you got to assemble a group and at least keep them together three or four years so those guys can learn to play together and uh so i think that's one of the issues they have not played together uh then you bring in a new coach you know you go from marinelli and his scheme to something totally different and Nolan and his scheme then you start losing good players like byron jones you know and you start losing good players so when i say all of the above i factor all those things can contribute to you not being a consistent defense and then you throw injuries in there And that makes it even worse.
1: Yeah. Will, what what is your take on what's wrong here on the defensive side of the ball?
3: Well, I think at the beginning of the season, the way that I looked at it a lot, where uh, when you see people come into the NFL, there are some that have a difficult time right away because what they're doing is not reacting like an athlete. They're doing a little reacting, but they're also doing a lot of thinking. And I think because of the fact that you have a new defensive coordinator, new head coach, but a new defensive coordinator and a new scheme that with guys trying to figure out what they're doing, that that takes away from some of their ferocity, some of their aggressiveness and things like that, I think can happen. The fact that you're going through all of these meetings and trying to learn everything via a Zoom instead of doing it actually, you know, on the field and doing it actively, that that does make a difference. But I do think that it gets to a point in the season where you go, okay, let's now see some of that toughness. And at times we've seen it, and then at times it just seems to go away. I don't know the answer to that. I think that just lies somewhere in the locker room uh, with the guys that are in there. But I do think that that is a huge role as to what we have had here just because it being you know 2020 and all the things that go along with it, and like Larry said, it's a bunch of things all together. I also have had questions over the last couple of years with some of the guys, honestly, that are there on, you know, where exactly is <clears> their <throat> determination to be the best version of themselves? Is it by being a Dallas Cowboy or is it by what you actually put on tape? That's two very separate things. And I those are the questions I have for that defense. Nate,
1: hey, hey, can, I add, can I Yeah, have yeah go ahead. Larry. Go ahead add this is your show, Larry. We're just here no. to, to, to participate. <laughs>
4: People assume that because you have a guy on the team that he can do what you want. That's not always the case. I remember talking to Mike Zimmer uh, when he was defensive coordinator, and Mike is a guy that likes to play a lot of man, and they were playing a lot of zone at that time. And Mike said, Larry, you know, we ain't got guys that can run. We need guys, corners that can run. So they went out and drafted Terrence Newman and got some guys that can run. So there's always an assumption that the personnel matches what a coach wants him to do, and that's not always the case. So obviously they're not going to come out and broadcast and say, "Hey, we don't. We have guys that can't do what we want them to do, whether they're under contract or not." So sometimes it can go back to personnel.
1: Yep, Nate. I know you. I know you're chomping at the bit to talk about this offensive line. We'll get to that in a little bit because you you see a little hope, you see a little light at the end of the tunnel with this offensive line. But right now, let's talk about the defense. What is going on with the defense?
2: You know, I, I laugh when Larry said. I, I laugh because. Uh, what what came to me is, mm-hmm. is I, I never thought about it, is you never, we haphazard. Like you said, guys coming and going. Mm-hmm. They don't know. And guys are playing for themselves. Everson Griffin, Dante Ripple didn't care. So Larry's right on with that. And then what Will said the toughness. You know, how tough are you? But more importantly, What I've come to realize, and Coach Johnson always told me this, when he was transitioning from the old regime to the new regime, he said, first of all, Nate, because I I would go to Coach Johnson, you know, a lot of times you say, Coach, man, what what are you seeing? What are you looking for? He said, I don't have players. If I had players, then I could build something around these players. But now since I don't have the players, I'm going to go get players to fit my system. Well, we were told that our defensive coordinators were smart enough to fit our players to the system. Hasn't worked. So you have a little bit of everything stirring in this spot. But first of all, you better get some players. We don't have any on defense.
1: All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk a little Cowboys, 49ers, and then we'll talk about the Cowboys have a chance. They still have a chance to make <laughs> the playoffs. Start. We will talk about – what that percentage (laughs) of that chance is. And I want to get y'all's feedback on the state of the NFC East. How do you rank these teams going down the final stretch here? We'll talk about all that and more when we come back. You are listening to Cowboys Crosstalk on the Dallas Cowboys radio network.
0: WBC Mortgages Cowboys Crosstalk. Yeah, check this out. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Welcome
1: back to the show. Shannon Gross here in studio alongside my partner, Nate Newton. Live from 105.3 The Fan Studios, Will Chambers and live from his home with the beautiful backdrop in the corner, Larry
3: Brown. We are back <laughs> to the show. I got my He said, "Not much has changed, but clearly the office is changing."
1: Yes, yes. Will, question for you? Yes, sir. Cowboys had a victory on Sunday. They did, right? Okay. I just want to make sure I didn't imagine that they had a victory on Sunday. I think there were some positive things that came out of the game. Uh, You know, offense was able to move the ball. Defense bent but didn't really break. Do you think I should be excited about these positive things, or is this just an example of two really bad football teams and the better of the bad one?
3: Well, the answer to your question is that it's definitely the the latter part of that, I would say. But it just, I guess it depends on what side you sit on, whether, and there are diehard Cowboys fans that want the team uh, to actually lose, to play well and to lose. Mm-hmm. And there are diehard Cowboys fans that want to win. So it just depends, I guess, on what side of the fence you're on with that. I personally sit on one where I feel like you there's no way for you to develop and to have a winning culture by losing games. So I, I don't know where you go with the rest of that. I, I think that, it is positive in each step with what you see. Look, Cincinnati's destined to lose that game because that's what that franchise does. They're, You know, they're, they're going to play... When they're a bad team, if they have a another bad matchup, it's like a flip of the coin. <laughs> Whereas the Cowboys, I think that there is definitely more of a feeling of more organizational, a better culture with the Cowboys than you do with the Bengals. So to me, I just thought I was going to see exactly what I saw. Now, with San Francisco it's a little bit different this week. I think the Cowboys having Andy Dalton, the guy that has taken a team to the playoffs so many times that he did in Cincinnati uh, as the perfect person that can keep, you know, a ship, you know, afloat or going, you know, to wherever it kind of needs to go in the matter of time in which he's there, which is why he was brought in. And this team, you know, as crazy as it is has a chance you win the final three games you've got a really good shot of actually winning the division and getting into the playoffs. I think that if you want that, then, yeah, you can be hopeful because of the fact that you were able to do some things very well and that your defense didn't get gashed. You know, the Bengals' offensive line is terrible, but it doesn't mean that they don't have skill guys that can break off big plays. And we saw bad teams doing that against the Cowboys all year long. So it was possible, all right? Yeah, did they beat up on a lesser opponent? Absolutely. But they didn't give up all those huge plays outside of the one, obviously, uh, that it really showed you that, okay, they're moving in the right direction. And that, to me, is the most important thing. If you lose, you're not moving in the right direction. That doesn't mean you're going to win next year. You don't have a bunch of guys in a locker room that feel good about where you're at as a team if you lose to Cincinnati, if you lose to teams you know within your own division like the Giants or the Eagles coming up. So I think that there certainly are positives. And so if I'm on the side that feels good about wins, then I do have some optimism. Before I move to Larry and then to Nate, I'm glad you said that.
1: I'm glad you said that you don't think you can build a winning culture by tanking and losing games, because what would you say the split is up at the fan with, with all the hosts? What, what, what percentage do you think are team tank versus team went out the majority team tank? the majority um, team went
3: out or is it about split? That's a great question, Shannon. Um, I would think that it's pretty split. Okay. Because you know what? The, the, the people that are team tank are, you know, they're open with it and it should be noted that the people that are team tank, they understand what tanking is. It's mm-hmm. not guys going out there throwing games. Cause that's not what it is. Right. right? It's organic. Those guys in the locker room are going to go out there and they're going to try to win, but they believe by doing it, you know, organically, you try hard, you come up short. You play some other guys that are right. younger or whatever just to see what they have, and if you lose, you know, so what? So I, I do believe that it's probably split. Okay. So, Larry,
1: we talk about this all the time on our show. Nate, Jesse, Holly, always – I you will never hear a player say, lose the games because you get a better draft pick and you get a head start on, on the next season. Talk about what Will just said, Larry, as far as building a culture and a winning attitude and, and learning to win. You know, we talk about it all the time. Nate, you were on some bad teams. Before you ask him that, okay. ask him where Larry was picked at as, in the you draft. Ask, ask Larry. Dra- dra- where you would pick that in the draft, Number
2: Larry.
4: 320, baby. Number 320. Okay. 12th round. Those okay, so now rounds. ask him about
2: tanking.
1: Okay. What about tanking?
4: <laughs> so, uh, let, let me say this. I think there has to be a bigger picture. And uh, I would agree with Stephen A. in in this. I love the Cowboys, but a lot of our fans are disillusioned. It comes down to what is your goal? We have not been back to a conference championship game in almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. At the end of the day, the last several years, we beat bad teams. We lose to good teams. If you're a good football team, you're going to beat good teams. And I think there is an unrealistic, and oh, Cowboys pretty good. You're supposed to beat Cincinnati. Are we talking about beating Cincinnati? Are you serious? I mean, come on. It's a joke. You're supposed to beat Cincinnati, okay, these teams. But if you're going to be a good football team, you're going to be a contender, then that's the standard that you have to measure everything by. Now, if we're just trying to get to the playoffs and get eliminated in the first round and be a 7-9 team, and we're happy we made it there. If that's the new standard, then everybody should clap and be happy with that. But that's not me. I think Nate knows this. We wanted to. We wanted to win championships. Yeah, uh, I remember my wife asked me this many years ago. She's like, "You think you guys are going to uh, you're going to go to playoffs? Like playoffs? We're going to the Super Bowl. What are you talking about? You know, we're going to be in that championship. What are you talking about? And I'm not joking. I'm not saying that arrogantly because that was the standard that was established. Now it's if we beat bad teams, hey, we look pretty good. We got team chemistry. No, it's not. If your goal is to win championships and to contend, to be what New England was, now I'm not saying every year, to be with, you know, what Kansas City is now, to be right there, then you have to be a good football team. To be a good football team, you have to be realistic about what you have, what you don't have. Uh, Jimmy Johnson realized that we needed a pass rusher, and he went and got Charles Haley during the season. He could have sat there and said, hey, we got some guys. We'll be fine. He said, no, we need another piece, okay? We need a tight end. He went and got Jay Novacek. You know, so you have to add and be honest about where you are if the goal is to be a legitimate contender. If it's just to make the playoffs, losing the first round, to be proud to go 79, you know, if that's the standard. And I think the standards have been lowered, okay? So I don't believe in tanking. And I think the biggest thing, how you get guys to play, put somebody behind them. They can take their spot. I'll give you a Nate Newton quick story one time. We're in practice doing inside runs, and every now and then, they bring a, a little cornerback down there to be in run support because they got a bunch of tight ends. And I remember Nate was getting up slow. You know, he was banged up trying to fight through it and like like all the great players have. And I said, hey, dude, why don't you just get somebody else a chance? Hell, you know, you're banged up. He said, "Have you seen Larry Allen?" <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, James, <laughs> James Washington said, "Hey, he was banged up. Have you seen Darren Woodson?" I'm not giving him none of my reps, you know. So when you got guys behind you that can legitimately play, guess what? You ain't got to ask that question whether or not a guy is motivated or not. And I'm just a big believer of. Really great players are waiting for their opportunity. They don't want a starter to get hurt. They don't want anything to happen. But, hey, that's how Tony Romo got started. And that's how a lot of guys, when they got their opportunity, they ran with it. That's how I got started. So I don't believe that you can just have a bunch of guys backing up who can't play, who's not motivated. Then if that's the case, you've created the wrong culture from the beginning. You should not want to leave that field because you know the guy behind you. And no disrespect to Zeke. Hey, Tony Pollard comes in running that football. Hey, no disrespect to other guys. CeeDee Lamb comes in as a rookie catching them balls. So hey, when you have that, it can help change the culture. You know what? I don't believe in taking, I believe in getting it done.
3: I want to ask you, Nate and Larry, on this too, because you played on teams when you have guys on there that absolutely hate losing. That they there's nothing more that they hate than losing. And there is enough talent on this team as it is constructed right now to win offensively and if if you have correct but and there but there are guys defensively that are going to be on the team next year yes it is. they're not moving all of them out and so if you're playing these last three games in order for you to go from say larry a seven and nine team you got to have those guys that hate to lose can those guys be that the last three games, and to do enough to get you to win, those are the teams like the Seattle Seahawks that went seven and nine and then went to a Super Bowl, like the Carolina Panthers that went seven and nine that went to a Super Bowl. Because if you don't have those guys, and that's what I think that I, what I'm asking you is that you had those players, and that's what the Cowboys hope to have right now in that locker room.
4: And, and, and more importantly, Coach Johnson created a a, a a a level of competition where there's consequences for not doing your job. I understand guys got these contracts now, but hey, you cannot let a guy who's not getting it done hold you hostage. If you're not willing to make a change or sit a guy down, and I give the great program, I'll give Seattle example. They gave Bat Flint a lot of money. Russell Wilson came in was getting it done. They didn't care about the $15 million they gave him. He's the guy. And guess what? They've been to a few Super Bowls because of it. So you there has to be accountability, period, across the board. If Larry Brown's not getting it done, and let me tell you this, and Nate knows this. I didn't want to be in the guy in my huddle not getting my job done and have to look at Charles Haley and Darren Woodson and Leon Lett and all these other guys. You don't want to be that guy. So you're going to have a, a sense of pride about yourself and what you're going to do or look at Dion. You know, hey, I remember a guy caught Dion, Paul, and Dion one time was, hey, you need me to cover him? He said, hey, don't worry about the next one I thought, I'm going to pick it off and take it to the house. He the accountability. <laughs> and he meant it. And that's exactly what he did. But we can have those conversations. It was honest. Nate knows those guys would say, LB, let's go. Make a play. You know? So it was everybody. And if you don't create a culture of accountability, there's no way you're going to be a great football team. If Nate, you're not accountable.
1: Nate, I know you have a lot to say. No, on no, this. go ahead.
2: No, no. everything it needed to be said. That's why I asked you to ask Larry
1: first. We we have to take a break. But I, I want to talk to you about building that culture because you were on a bad football team. Yeah.
2: And Larry was – did you get a bad year with us, Larry, or you was – you was successful. No, I, I, you turned that program like tell, around. Let
4: me tell you about to tell Michael. Yeah. They hadn't won a Super Bowl in a while before I got there, and they hadn't won one since I
2: left. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> they free. built I'm the free. office I'm around now. me. Not a in there.
1: Let's take our second <laughs> break. When we come back, I want to get Nate's thought on building culture and building a winning team, and we'll eventually get to Cowboys 49ers. But first, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Crosstalk on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network.
0: D.C. Mortgage's Cowboys Crosstalk. Yeah, check this out. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco.
1: Back to the show. Unfortunately, we are halfway done, but that means we still have half the show left to talk. Cowboys football. Shannon Gross alongside Nate Newton, Will Chambers. Larry Brown. And, Nate, did you know that at SWBC, they have customized Hold solutions on. for end what?
2: Go, go ahead. I'm, I'm waiting. You're going to tell me something great. I'm going
1: to give you the web address. You're waiting to <laughs> key it in, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At SWBC, they have customized solutions for individuals. You would be an individual. Okay. And businesses.
2: I have several individuals.
1: And they are just a click away visit. Visit, Nate, SWBC. Wait till the break. At oh, SWBC.com. Oh, oh, I
2: thought I could get it To now. learn more and start wow. your next
1: adventure. I right. got it
2: virtually right here. See me?
1: I know, Nate, yeah. you don't like the spotlight, and you're trying to defer to Larry, and and we got to incorporate Will into this, but you've been really quiet this show, and I want you to talk about, one, you have a question for Larry, but before you mm. ask Larry the question, you were on a bad football team when you got two. here. Two bad football teams. is the same football uh, team, 15, but it was just bad you know, three, for two years. Yeah. How did that culture, we're talking about culture, how did that culture change from bad to good, and as it was happening, did you realize what was going on, or was it just like a light switch, and you were like, oh, we're good?
2: No. It, it, it was a two- or three-year period, or uh, two-year period, but I want to say this right. Larry, do you remember the story you once told me about when Coach Johnson say, you know, you getting ready to go against one of the Sharp brothers at Green Bay? That's right. Tell that story. Mm-hmm. Tell that story.
4: Well, we're in the final preseason game. We got to play the Oilers in a run-and-shoot offense with the uh, told, uh, Heywood Jeffries, Ernest Givens, Warren Moons, the quarterback, and it's the last preseason game. And he walked by my locker, and he caught himself, stopped, and walked back. He says, "Hey, I'm gonna make a decision on you after this game." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Okay." I went out and played like I was scared. Hey, and I played. I played my probably my best game of the preseason because I understood what was on the line. And you know, those are the Those are the types of things you want to respond. You know, you're a pro. This is your dream. Go do your job. Go do what you're good at, you know. And uh, so I went out and I played well. But that's the type of of accountability. That's the type of pressure. And I think he wanted to see how I would respond.
2: How many games did you start that year?
4: Uh, I started uh, the second game of my rookie season. So from there, so I started 15 games as a rookie.
2: So what I'm trying to say is this right here. You ask how you build culture. Mm-hmm. First of all, you got to get dogs. You got to get players that want to be there and have a sense of pride in what they're doing. And I give, you a, I give you a story of people like, well, Nate, we always heard about how fat you was during season, how you go to the fat farm and how you do this <laughs> and, how to, and how you do that. But I never lined up and lost many battles mm-hmm. because it was a certain thing about once me and you lined up nose to nose, you had to prove that you was better. That's whether I was in shape or out of shape. You had to prove that you was better. And I wasn't going to let you embarrass me in front of, first of all, myself, my teammates, and family. Well, we don't have a bunch of guys like that. Now, they'll tell you that, but they don't have – and more importantly, the coaches haven't had a chance to bring those type of guys in because what is here is not built that way. You have maybe one or two guys – that are built that way that will accept that challenge and won't go to the media, hey man, guess what my coach just texted me oh man he gonna he gonna he's trying he's gonna look at me this week he's looking at you every week. <laughs> it was never a time that coach Johnson would pass us in the hall. he didn't have to say a word, his look, the way he looked at you told you how you how he fe- think you played he didn't have to say a word, and he always had. Somebody, especially when you had a bad game, come Monday morning, Tuesday morning, he always had somebody sitting in your locker, working out. In your locker. Hey man, what you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm, I was with the Washington Redskins last week. I'm just here working out for the Cowboys. Gotta look like you, built like you, so you know what the what the question is. Sitting in your locker. <laughs> sitting in your locker. <laughs> so you would never relax. And yes, today's society says that hey, I got a contract that says I'm going to be here three or four years. That is fine, but everybody don't have that contract. And you have to be sure the players that you are paying is the right guys. That's you right. And hey, can I that.
4: tell you about Nate Newton's story? I used to hate to see Nate go to the fat farm. Let me tell you why. Before <laughs> Nate went to the fat farm, he'd get to that second level about live When he came back ready to go, he was out there on corners.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't to see him. Nate. Because
4: he was in shape. He was ready to go. And I'm not joking. He's pulling around. He's out there on corners when he got back from the fat farm. Why the fat farm? He,
1: he'll get to that about at the end of that linebacker. <laughs> Nate,
4: so tell everybody. I hate em- to see him out there on
1: me. Tell everybody <laughs> Tell everybody what the fat farm is and how much weight you lost at the fat farm. Well, I, it's it amazing. I
2: went three years, I think. And what, it, what
1: is it? What was a, it?
2: Okay, it's a man named Mike Spots uh-huh. who I found out about some other guys through another football player. He would help these guys lose weight quickly. You know, you would eat, but you would eat nothing but just, you would be a vegetarian while you out there. So, but anyway, you know, one year Coach Johnson was looking like, Nate, you, you, oh, man, I don't think you're going to make it. You just, you just, you just, you just, you're out of shape. You fat. And he didn't say it nice. I'm saying, you a
0: fat son. <laughs> you, know? you know how Coach Johnson
2: was? Yeah. He just talked to me straight up because we had a relationship like that. And I thought, I thought about it. I said, hmm. So I jumped in my little two-seater bins that I could barely fit in and drove to Florida. And uh, I said, hey, Mike Spots, I need you, man. He said, well, this is what I charge per hour or charge by day per week, however you want to do it. I said, I'm going to be here for a whole month. So you charge me whatever you need to charge me. And that that first time I went, I think I lost like 45, 50 pounds, Mm -hmm. like six weeks. The last time I went, I lost like (sighs) – Probably about 80, 90, oh, In six five. weeks? In six weeks, yeah. <laughs>
4: he was moving. When I tell you, Nate's a big man that could move, And I'm not joking. When I tell you, when he got back from the fat farm, he's out there blocking corners. And we don't want to see guys like Nate out there on us. Okay? Because he yeah. was ready to go. He was
0: ready to go. It
2: was – it, it just – but the thing about it is Coach Johnson always looked at were you competitive when you lined up? Uh, were you ready to go on Sundays? And, and I remember one time I had a car wreck. Man, bumped my head. Had a big old knot on it early in the week, and and, and and to the point where even the players was like that. And, and I'm and I'm and Troy never really talked to you. He just nodded his head or speak to you depending on who you are. And uh, towards the end of the week, you know, I'm the swelling going down. I'm out there kind of moving around, practicing a little bit. Troy looked at me. What's up, Troy? I just want to know if you're going to play this week.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I said, for you,
2: Troy, I'm going to be ready. You threw me the thought up right with all about his business, man.
1: Uh, Will, for you, three games left in the season. I think I read a couple of different places that the probability of the Cowboys making the playoffs is around 1%. Obviously, they have to win out for that to even be a possibility. What are you looking for in this team these last three weeks going down the stretch. Are you just looking for improvement? Or are you looking – what are you looking at when you look at this team? Because I'm not sure, and I'm trying to – every week I come in here and I ask questions because I want to cling on to some hope. And every week I get a little bit, and then some weeks I get a little more, and some weeks I get reset way back to where I was. So I'm just wondering this week,
3: what are you looking for down the stretch? Some fight, Um, plain and simple. You know, what do you want? No matter what you do as an NFL player, and you know, this is just some talking head yapping, but Nate and Larry will say it whatever you do out there, you're putting on film, whether you're going to be a Cowboy next year or you're going to be a Viking or a Bengal or wherever you go. So, what kind of player or how do you want to finish? The yeah, there it's at two percent, but you know, I guess Washington has to go. Let me look here. Uh, if they go two and one. That's it, but Washington has Seattle, Carolina, and Philadelphia. That's a tough 2 and one Mm -hmm. right there for Washington. So uh, it's out there in front of you. What I want to see from these guys is really some pride. And at times we've seen it, at times we haven't, where I'm wondering, you know, like I said before, I'll give a lot of leeway because I can empathize with trying to do something while thinking your way through it. The better you know something, the easier it is for you to do because you don't have to think your way through it, And especially when you're an athlete. And I know that that is a lot about what has gone into this team this year and with Mike Nolan and the scheme and all of that, and it's different, and I get it. But there's still a point where you got to fight, and it's been the fight against the running game that has lacked and has been quite honestly embarrassing. You know, through 12 games, there hasn't been a team in NFL history that had given up uh, as many yards as the Cowboys this year has, or as many per attempt. It's just that plain and simple that bad. And so what I want to see out of this team is, you know, the things that you do get out of a number of guys, but... Can those guys lead the other ones to show that you do have the culture that will eventually lead to a championship? Because if you don't and you go 0-3 or 1-2, congratulations on your draft pick. You ain't going anywhere next year or the year after, likely. And you can get as many picks as you want. You know, the last three years, the New England Patriots have 29 draft picks that they've drafted. That's a team right now that doesn't have very, very many good players on it. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they've drafted 26 players in the last three years. Not a lot of good players on there. Cincinnati, 29. They probably have more talent than the other two. Not a whole lot. That's a lot of draft picks and not a lot of talented players. If you want to be a good football team going into next year, you better be able to show it in these last three games with a lot of fight because a lot of those guys are probably going to be on this team. And if they don't have the fight, then you don't have it. You don't have a winning culture, and you're looking at the same garbage next year.
1: We hear, You hear a lot about – you hear the words thrown around a lot, fight, pride, um, you know, not playing with heart, things like that. Larry, Nate, when we come back from break, we, we're eventually going to talk about Cowboys 49ers. We might not talk about the game on Sunday, but we're going to talk about Cowboys 49ers, maybe back when – the rivalry was huge when you guys played but i want to those words that you were saying will that i want to get the opinion because if you play in the nfl i would like to think if you have made it that far you have pride you have fight you have all these things so i want to get y'all's take on you know what's your interpretation of that when you see guys on the field, what 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 does it mean when they don't play with fight? Let's get into that. Let's talk a little Cowboys 49ers. We're going to take our last break, and we'll be back. You're listening to Cowboys Crosstalk on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network.
0: B.C. Mortgage's Cowboys
4: Crosstalk.
0: Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco.
1: Here you're listening to Cowboys Crosstalk. Shannon Gross, Nate Newton, Larry Brownwell Chambers, and SWBC Mortgage customized solutions to help you meet your personal and business goals. Nate is going to go here as soon as the show's over. You should, too. Visit swbc.com. Larry Brown, to play in the NFL, you have to have pride. You have to have fight, don't you? So why, why do you hear these words thrown around like NFL players don't have pride and they're not playing with pride and they're not playing with fight? Why do you hear that so much when a team is bad?
4: Well, I think when we started the conversation, I said all of the above. Mm -hmm. You do need fight. You do need pride. But you also need talent. Okay? So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, do you have the ability to do it? And I I have a different ideology about building a team. I want to win, but I also got to find out what we need to win. There's a reason why bad teams are bad. There's a reason why good teams are good. So, we have not been the type of team we wanted to be this year and a few previous years, but – You know, we have to answer those questions. Do we need a D lineman? Do we need a safety? What is it that we need in addition to pride and fight? I agree with that. You need all that. Do we have the talent? Do we have the skill level to get us there? And I think those are bigger questions. It's not just about winning a game to me. My goal as a fan, I bleed Blue, is how do we get back to being a legitimate contender every year? And that encompasses a bigger picture other than just one game or one player how do, what do we need, personnel-wise? How do we get back to that?
1: How do we get back to that, Nate? Part? How do we get back to that, Nate?
2: With players, you, you hear me say at the end of the day, always and forever, you need players. You need players. And Will, me and him talked about it off air, me and Shannon. you going to have to go out and get some players. If you don't go out and get some players – you're going to be in the same boat you are again. And you can't get rid of everybody. Mm-hmm. So uh, you either go out and you find the best possible pick. And I ain't saying overpick, you know, but everybody's talking about to move down, move down, move down. Well, if you stay where you're at and get the best possible defensive player where you're at, unless he don't, unless he five or six players down on your board, then you have to move down. But you were you drafted the best in the first round, a shot at the best in the first round, a shot at the best in the second round, third, on, on, and on. Go find the best defensive players you can play. Like, I mean, can find. And if you don't, okay, you gave it a great shot because our only issue is defense. Now, around here for the last six years, I've been like, okay, y'all, we don't talk about defense <laughs> for six months. It's two weeks before the draft, and all of a sudden, everybody <laughs> bored get filled up with offensive players, <laughs> including the national guys. Let's see what happened this year.
3: Let's see what happened this year. Well, let me, let me ask you guys something. What do you think the difference is? Let's say that Dak doesn't get hurt. What is the difference between the season – or the, I should say not the season. What's the difference between the teams, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Dallas Cowboys in the beginning of the season? What was the difference between them? I would say to you, not a whole lot. Now, Russell Wilson is what he is, right? I, I, don't, I think that I personally, and I know that I may be in the minority opinion of thinking that Dak actually is an elite quarterback. But I understand that a lot of people do not. He's not Russell Wilson, despite my feelings on that. But when you looked at the issues that both teams had, they were really similar, right? Right. And what changed for the Seahawks? Mental well, they made a trade for
2: Carlos Dunlap. Mental. Mental. And they they believe there you go, Nate. That they can win. they, and they I, had I, enough talent that God. was pushed to the edge to win. And it caught up with them defensively.
3: Well, they also made a big move in going out to get Carlos Dunlap and traded some picks away to do that. I, I would agree with you that well, one, they didn't have to go through the changes that the Cowboys did in this offseason and have to deal with you know, what they have because of the fact that we've been in the pandemic and all that. So things are different. I'm just saying from a team standpoint and a talent standpoint, there was a lot of similarities for the team. And what really seemed to change everything for Seattle, I think that they had the same belief that they had all year. You did have Jamal Adams out for a little while, but they bring in Carlos Dunlap. Boy, the belief may have changed a whole lot by getting what you guys are talking about.
2: Yeah, a good player. But, it's about the players, but I want to, disagree with you you, I said want to be- disagree with you. you said at that, the beginning of the year, what was the difference? The difference was this the belief. The belief that they could do it and, been in, and, and have done it. The belief.
4: Yeah. And, and let me say this I, I'm going to disagree with you here, Will. I think the Cowboys have had more talent. When, when, when Seattle went to the Super Bowl, they didn't draft Marshawn Lynch in the first round. They traded for him and got him from Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Tyler Lockett was not a first-round draft pick. Doug Baldwin was not a first-round draft pick. So you can arguably say that the Cowboys, you know, Dez Bryant was a first-round draft pick. Jason Witten was a Hall of Fame tight end. You can truly say that they have more talent. They had a, we had the best offensive line in football. No one's ever said Seattle had the best offensive line of football, okay? Cam Chancellor, uh, Richard Sherman, these guys were not first-round draft picks. So I think that, Seattle has done a better job developing their players. And then, like Nate said, they have the belief that we can win, and they have been a contender literally the last several years. So they've been in contention where we haven't. We're great on paper. I think they've done a better job of developing guys. Doug Baldwin, you're going to tell me the Cowboys have not had better receivers than Doug Baldwin? Doug Baldwin.
3: Oh no! And absolutely no. I think, I think
4: we're I think we're arguing
3: players. the same thing. Actually, mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is what Seattle did is they went out and they made the changes and got what they needed. They got that's what correct. you guys are talking about. Yeah, you yeah. got you got to have players. You, I'm not arguing that play. with you. You're you, absolutely right. We could talk about you know the great the the desire and the will to win all that and that's some fluffy great stuff. I do want to yeah. see more fight on that, but Larry, Nate, you're a hundred percent right. You don't have the horses. You ain't doing anything.
2: And, and the, every chance that – when I talk to people that know uh, Coach Carroll personally, it's what Larry talked about earlier. He was always creating competition. He always is creating – you know, him and the coach at New England, why every other year or so you hear them getting fined and losing draft picks for over-practicing? doing things that ain't supposed to be done, like hitting in practice. You know, me, I've been telling my guys here on Hanging with the Boys, I don't care what the CBA says next year. I don't care what pandemic is here. I know if Jimmy Johnson was here, I know where me and Larry Brown would be during the offseason. We'd be over there working out. That's right. Getting ready. You got a bunch of dudes that got to be in this house, in the Cowboys' house. Under the tutelage of the of your coaches and your training staff, they have to be here. You you ain't zooming nothing. We ain't, bro. You either in the house, or I'ma x you out. That's right.
1: I I I want to run straight through the podcast window right now, Nate. <laughs> Yo, you hey. need to give every speech in the next season. Hey, I was <laughs> telling you. We remember all... when
2: Jimmy, to- Jimmy told us after the season one year well, well, I don't think Larry was there yet. He told us. everybody's my man, I'm going to do this during off offseason. I'm going to do this during off offseason. Jimmy said, well, you better check your schedule because t- tomorrow morning I'm telling y'all it, from two weeks from now what we'll be doing. You got two weeks to do all that you're talking about because two weeks after that, we got the schedule mapped out. <laughs>
1: We got about a minute left. Let's go around the horn. Will, what's your prediction for the game this weekend?
3: Oh, I think uh, I think the San Francisco 49ers do not score well off turnovers. They're last in the league in doing that. So even if the Cowboys do, I don't think they're out of it. I don't like Mullins. I do like the Cowboys actually here in a tight one, so I'll say twenty to nineteen. Go ahead on, Larry. I'm
4: gonna roll with the Cowboys. If we can't beat the 49ers with a backup quarterback with a bunch of banged-up players. We don't deserve to be played. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys 28-21.
2: Nate? Always in favor, baby. We get this thing Vegas-style half point. We got them.
1: <laughs> Cowboys by <laughs>
4: half a point.
1: I'm going to go Cowboys. I'm going to go Cowboys. I hope they don't let me down. 21-17. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to
4: score more points than that. It's not going to be a defensive game.
1: We'll see. We'll see, <laughs> fellas. Nate, thank you for being here. Will, it's a pleasure. It is, guys. LB, Larry, be good. You Tell come time back I anytime hello. you want. Hey, I'm happy back. I had a blast. All right,
2: okay. we will we'll get yeah. you back on here. Impress You've been Larry. listening Larry wants to the money.
1: Cowboys Crosstalk <laughs> on the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> Radio Network.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
1: about this, Cowboys?
4: Yeah!